Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today's an exciting episode because it's a part two of one of last year's greatest video game soundtracks. But what's interesting is there's been, you know, quite a lot of time has passed since we did our episode on Octopath Traveler. But both Carl and I agreed that there was so much great music in this soundtrack that we really wanted to have a part two. So you can, yeah, think of this as the successor to that episode we did all those months ago. Yeah, I think it was July of, of 18 is when we did that episode. Um, and my, I'm of the opinion that Octopath Traveler is by far the best video game soundtrack that came out in 2018. Uh, and so this is definitely a score that warrants um, playing as much as possible. There was a lot of amazing pieces that we didn't get to play in the first uh, episode that a lot of you really like and have been commenting on and also that we really like too. And so, you know, I was kind of joking with Will, it's possible that some of the tracks that we're playing today, Will might actually enjoy even more than some of the stuff we played in part one. There's just, the soundtrack is so stacked. Uh, it's such a huge soundtrack and so consistent. It was really hard to decide what we would play last time. And even this time too. I mean, this part two episode is still better than, than most soundtracks that you hear. Yeah. Carl, what are we playing in with? This is such a beautiful piece of music. It's amazing. This is called Tranquil Days. And uh, the the composer for this game was a fairly newcomer by the name of Yasunori Nishiki. And uh, there's some really interesting interview snippets and also um, clips of of these musicians recording the stuff in the studio. Uh, Just a really creative way that they went about uh, recording this album. I think they they decided to to record it in small chunks. So, for example, if there's a solo instrument, uh, typically that was recorded on its own. And maybe like there might be a, a small string section that would be recorded on its own, percussion probably on its own. So it was a really clean way of getting the sound exactly how they want it, where it feels authentic, but it it just feels maybe a little bit more uh, polished than you would have if everyone was just live in a room. Yeah, I think it's a really unique approach, and it's something that happens in the West a lot with film music, but oftentimes that's not going for such an acoustic sound. Like, this is going for a more traditional symphonic sound. I mean, it's a little bit eclectic Mm -hmm. and video gamey, but it... It, it's, I guess, a little bit more traditional as opposed to like lots of synths and production right. and big, you know, taiko drum, blah, kind of a thing. Yeah, one of the one of the things that uh, Nishiki was was saying in this interview that I think I read last year, I think he was talking about the main theme where he had to do multiple passes on it. Like the first one wasn't approved and he really started to get in his own head about, oh, mm-hmm. am I even going to be able to come up with something? And then finally he did on like his third pass. Um, so yeah, it's it was just a really inspired soundtrack, and Nishiki just deserves all the accolades in the world f- for what he did for the score. Carl, I don't know about you, but that track we played in with Tranquil Days, uh, it reminded me a lot of the Rito Village music from oh my gosh, Breath of the yes. Wild. Absolutely. Yeah, especially with just kind of the clarinet as the lead. And Very the sort relaxing. of flowing strings. That, yeah, na, 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 yeah, na, 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 For sure. That kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So basically, we're just going to play a bunch of amazing music from Octopath Traveler that we didn't play last time. Um, and so let's just dive right into it. That was Tranquil Days. Let's now move on to a character theme that we didn't get to play last time. This might be the only character theme left. There, maybe there's one 
one uh, other one. We played most of the character themes on the first episode, but this is actually one that's that's pretty near and dear to my heart because this was uh, this is Alfin, uh, Alfin the apothecary, and this was the character that uh, when I watched Joe play the game, this is the character that she first started off as, and he's probably my favorite character in the game. He's a very sweet person. This this is a very sweet theme, a nice saxophone performance here. Let's take a listen to Alfin the apothecary. So beautiful. You guys are listening to Alfin the Apothecary, um, and he is a, a very uh, thoughtful, caring, sweet character. Uh, apothecary is basically, in days of old, kind of the, the term, uh, basically you could think of it as like what is now uh, a pharmacist, someone who prepares medicines and elixirs. I don't think that, that term is, is really in use anymore. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of uh, Alfin's main job. Um, and yeah, this theme perfectly captures the character. It's really interesting how this game, uh, how the character themes are used. I noticed like while, while watching the game, some of the character themes happen pretty, pretty close to the beginning of their story. And then other character themes don't happen for a long time. Like I believe right. Primrose's theme, which is maybe my favorite character theme. When I was watching that, uh, that character story, I didn't hear that theme for a long time. And so it is interesting when they, uh, decide to include... Uh, the themes in the game and it's possible that for some of these themes you might not hear them very much sure yeah this has a great melody uh my favorite part is yeah it does da, 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 da. i yeah, really like so that, beautiful. that moment the performance here is lovely i i get the sense that nishiki um his influences span more than just kind of you know Japanese film music and game music and classical music like I, I get there's mm-hmm. oh, there's like a Broadway sensibility of like some mm. of the the chords that he's using it sounds like musical theater kind of harmonic language in in some spaces that's well really this nice. also reminds me of kind of um, 80s film score like you have sure. the, kind of the use of the saxophone in a lot of 80s movies and I think yeah it's a similar kind of things that I think we're noticing um, but it's just interesting because it you know, I'll, I'll hear those kinds of chords in games, but that kind of, you know, that kind of just, right. I don't know, that sort of syncopated figuration that keeps looping and looping with implying these like suspended chords and everything with a really syrupy melody. There's just something about yeah. it. It makes me think of like 
something that would be in a musical, like a, yeah. a s- sentimental moment in, you know, a ballad or something. Very sentimental, yeah, and emotional. I will say that the overall vibe of the tr- a lot of the tracks that we're playing in this part two episode does skew a little bit more to soft, relaxing pieces of music. There are some rockers here, uh, but probably a little bit more skewed to the relaxing stuff. So just, you know, kind of look forward to a nice relaxing episode here. I, I love that theme. That's wonderful. Well, we're recording this on Valentine's Day, so I think that's So it's fitting. Yeah, absolutely. And Alfin is a character who definitely has a lot of love for people. Um, this game, uh, we should mention, uh, was co-developed by both Square Enix as well as Acquire. Um, and it is available for the Switch. So if you like old school JRPGs, this is a game that is kind of a love letter to the heyday. Definitely uh, kind of reminds me of uh, the Super NES era of, of these RPG games. All right, let's move on to a location theme. This is one that I was, one one of the location themes I was sad that we didn't get to include in the first episode. So I'm glad we get to play it now. This is The Coastlands. Let's take a listen. soundtrack is so refreshing in so many ways. This is The Coastlands from Octopath Traveler, which came out last year, composed by Yasunori Nishiki. He did a wonderful job. It reminds me emotionally of a lot of great video game music, but Mm -hmm. in some ways it sounds unlike anything I've ever heard in a game. He definitely brought a very unique energy to the score. Well, I think the thing that I'm so fascinated by is, and it's one of the things that I love so much about Japanese composers, and we've talked about this, it's really a running trope of this podcast, but the idea Mm -hmm. of uh, an eclectic blend of influences. Yeah, like that acoustic guitar on the right channel. Well, and I'm not even just talking about the instruments, but more the harmonic palette, you know, it's like the the arrangement here it reminds me of kind of Mario Galaxy you know and you have these kind of add two cluster chords and the strings and everything but then the harmonic progression at sometimes feels like jazzy and at other times is like really beautiful kind of film music palette that third relation thing between the one and the flat six and it's very mm-hmm. just it, it, again it's just deftly in every moment um pulling on your heartstrings in some other fashion and it doesn't sound like any one particular piece of music or one particular mm-hmm. era there's aspects of it that remind me of classic 
film composers and there's aspects of it that remind me of classic video game music and everything but it just it's like what happened the first time I think we heard say like a Gravity Rush or Mario Galaxy where it's like it's so amazing what's happening here feels so effortless and idiomatic for the orchestra but it also doesn't sound exactly like any other specific thing I could point my finger to. Yeah, for sure. I really do think Nishiki brought a really unique energy and influence to this score. And yeah, it just, it really is set apart, especially from anything else that came came out last year. Very inspiring. And it's, it's definitely my favorite part of the game. I've watched this game for hours. Um, and I, we've said, you know, many times before that these types of uh, RPGs are, are not really our cup of tea. Uh, it's not the type of game I really enjoy. Um, I did, uh, enjoy getting to know these characters and to kind of see them interact and uh, the world is very creative it looks great but the music I think is the best part of this game uh, all right let's move on to a battle theme this is one that we didn't play in part one this is actually battle one the first battle theme you hear and it's a good battle theme I think it's not my favorite I think my favorite battle theme is probably either battle two or decisive battle two um, but this is one you hear quite a bit early on in the game this is battle one composed by Nishiki let's take a listen creative you guys listening to battle one from octopath traveler an unmistakable piece of video game music <laughs> this would not be at home in any other type of medium you have this uh, beautiful melody that has a lot of classical influence uh, it's mostly just orchestral instruments but that's all happening on top of this dance groove with a drum kit and the electric bass right and that's just enough of eclecticism it's just enough of that quasi-rock energy uh, to make it feel fitting for a battle. This isn't a track that has as much of that as the later ones. I think late, later on in the battle themes when it gets more amped up, you have more kind of, you know, distorted guitar and some more of those elements. Uh, whereas this, it's pretty much just hearing, I think, the kick drum and the hi-hat and the electric bass. Dude, the thing that I love about this game so much is it does such a phenomenal job of honoring the spirit behind uh, what made these JRPG games resonate with people so much. And the music right. specifically, it seems to be so 
I don't know, it's so tastefully done in that blend of orchestral and pop genres or orchestral and rock or whatever, however you want right. to describe it. It's so, it's like I, I don't know, went in a time machine or in visiting an alternate universe or something, <laughs> you know, yeah, because I know it's like, mean. it's so precisely, this is like exactly what I always imagined the Final Fantasy games, Chrono Trigger, all that stuff sounding like with yeah. real instruments. Um, but it's mm-hmm. also, uh, you know, Yasunori Nishiki is adding his own compositional style and all this music I feel like is done uh, so lovingly with a lot of craft. But just in terms of the instrumentation and the eclecticism, it's like it's such a great tribute in a very sincere way to those games. And it's not a chip tune or something. Well, what I find so inspiring about this soundtrack is the starting point for it, and you could say for the entire game, is this tribute, this love letter to games that these developers grew up playing. And so mm-hmm. a lot of this music is like, oh, this reminds me of Final Fantasy. This reminds me of Chrono Trigger. But what's really special about the soundtrack is there's, there are moments in the score where the music goes beyond that. And there are specific pieces of music that are even better than, than uh, you know, some, some pieces from those games. You know, there are some battle themes in this game that I might like even more than some Final Fantasy battle themes. So that's what I find so uh, inspiring I about Nishiki's work. The other really cool thing is getting a newcomer like this. I think something that happened in the Final Fantasy series or with a lot of uh, RPG games like that is as they started to expand and include real musicians and orchestras and rock elements, they just got bigger and bigger and bolder and different and it it changed the style the the tone of the Mm -hmm. music even if it's really great in something you know like final fantasy 11 it's so different from you know final fantasy 5 exactly um, where what i love about octopath traveler is it feels like it's very authentic to the 16-bit approach of composition that it's melody driven and just the specific harmonies and everything about it feels very much uh, authentic to that period but it's done with modern resources and well i also think that that way of recording that we mentioned earlier that's that's a way of better sending up that snes era because you can pick out the the layers a little bit more clear than you would be able to if it was just one live performance so let's move on to another location theme and this was probably the one i was the most sad to not include uh last time i love this theme and i hear i heard this a lot this is the cliff lands Um, And this is a very nice traditional Asiatic uh, kind of folk sounding melody. You have a nice flute instrument. I think you might have some guitar in here. Uh, Very beautiful stuff. Let's take a listen to the Clifflands from Octopath Traveler.
love when that beat comes in. This is a great location theme. This is the Clifflands from Octopath Traveler. Hey, Will, uh, <laughs> doesn't this remind you? There, there's one. Uh, we have like a favorite Chinese restaurant that we like to go to in St. Paul. Will, doesn't this remind you of the music that they would play <laughs> at that restaurant that we go to, that's, Cleveland Walk? That's so funny. I wasn't even thinking about that. But a lot <laughs> it of totally times, is. it's funny. They play like Japanese uh, folk music there. Yeah, like, and I, sometimes I it'll be like, like um, it must be like a Spotify station of like <laughs> yeah, generic East Asian music. It's very generic, and sometimes it'll be even covers of like pop songs. Like it'll yeah. be like Yesterday, but it's it'll be really on like good, a traditional though. flute. They, if they yeah. they should add some video game music to whatever that playlist is, because <laughs> a lot of it sounds like something from a game. This now, is this, so pretty. This is I great. love this. Isn't this great? Yeah, no, I I love the the genre it's going for. Very sincere, beautiful melody. A kind of progression that we've heard many times before, but again, a it's bit, like a bit textbook. Yeah, yeah. This is a a type of thing that happens in, especially used to happen a lot in old school game music, and it's it's nice to get it done in as authentic a way as possible. But then when that more modern kind of drum groove comes in, uh huh. I, I feel like that that won me over because I feel like it's yeah, adding something. It isn't just sort of a cliche pastiche. You know, it it's right. it's moving the needle forward a little bit and I, I like that I mean it's not something that I overly value in a piece of music mm-hmm. you know I care about the execution and if something is really outstanding but it's it's not like this melody to me isn't like as good as something from like Shinonagashima or something mm-hmm. but it's just the whole atmosphere of it was done so lovingly and then adding that drum groove that gives yeah. it this element of newness of like originality that it is It definitely cool. whisks you away yeah it's really cool well I'm excited to move on to a very swashbuckling exciting piece of music that could almost fit in a series like Zelda, really. This is great. It's a nice standout. It's called A Sea Breeze Blows. Let's take a listen. so exciting. I really want to go on a sea adventure now. This is A Sea Breeze Blows, composed by Yasunori Nishiki. I love that whistle. That melody is really beautiful. I love when the violin takes over. The orchestration is really great. When that when that when those really kind of forte timpanis come in yeah. uh, near the end of that uh, form, it's just really exciting. 
Nintendo needs to hire this guy. I mean, it's like, yeah, oh, man, he's great. he's amazing. Yeah, he, he just his music is so energetic. Yeah, well, and it's so playful too. It sounds like something that would be perfect in like a children's film. I mm -hmm. recently saw the uh, Lego Movie Part Two. I still uh, haven't seen that. I, I really want to see that. Yeah, it was with Marty and Alvina, and it was so good. And both Marty and I were just like floored by the the score we thought it was really cool. good um and we were like i wonder who this could be because i know the first one was mark Wasn't mothers like mark yeah i thought it was and mark. so we were like this doesn't sound like him it's you know really great orchestral writing and we were guessing like oh could it be henry jackman or who who do you think it could be maybe it's somebody like john powell or something and then it was mark mothers bow it's That's like awesome. he just really kind of I don't know. He brought it up. I mean, maybe the movie called for a, a little bit more of a traditional orchestral. I mean, I, yeah, I imagine they would have have called him back to do the second one. So, that's but awesome I just thought that hear. was really cool. You know, it's it's awesome when there's someone who's known for doing a particular thing, and then mm -hmm. they can kind of like move up to the next level. But what I love yeah. about video game music is oftentimes I feel like more so than film, well, often the soundtracks are larger, but you yeah. have more discrete pieces of music where it's like you kind of burn off a melody in one track. And right. in a lot of cases with a lot of traditional, you know, Japanese game composers, that's sort of it. And now you need to construct a whole other world in a new piece of music. And so it, I think it rewards the kind of eclectic, how many different genres do you have yeah. at your disposal? how much energy and stamina do you have as a composer where in a lot of films I mean there's there's frankly less music in, in right. some cases and a lot of it is like reusing musical ideas and contorting them and with game music there's often just I mean traditionally now it, the lines are blurred more but it, right. it, this is a more the old school approach where it's like every track has its own unique melody yeah this is the the retro approach this is kind of video game music as its own genre what a gem that track was just so exciting I, I really loved the orchestration and how all the parts were passed around to the different instruments and yeah that just really got me got me excited got my energy up let's move on to uh, another location theme this is cobbleston nestled in the hill very beautiful and relaxing. Let's take a listen.
so pretty. You guys are listening to Cobblestone, Nestled in the Hills. And I really love the vibe that a lot of these tracks that were, I guess, left over from, from part one, um, it, it's just a lot of these relaxing pieces. It's just really putting me in a good mood. Uh, this is definitely one that I was very impressed with. Uh, it, it is hard to decide what to play when you have a, a soundtrack that's like four discs and almost every single track is is good if not great it's really hard to decide right and i just want to give just kind of one more shout out to nishiki and the quality of the soundtrack this is not something we almost ever do on this podcast is like a part two so the fact that the soundtrack is so big and so quality it's needs to be mentioned well these are some of the most difficult episodes to choose like i felt this way when we did gravity rush where i was like Yeah. Well, it's all good, but there aren't like, oh, these are the 20 standout tracks that are like mm-hmm. dynamo. It's like they're right. all of a very consistent quality, which that can be both good and bad. I personally, I think the uh, Octopath, it, there are more standouts than, than a soundtrack like that. Yeah. And, and I think we did cover those standouts in right. the first episode. I will say though, like what I do enjoy about this episode is... Um, I don't know. All of these are, they again. They still feel like really important. They don't just yeah, feel like sure. side pieces, or it doesn't feel like none I don't of the feel tracks bored feel like in this yeah. episode. Like I'm really engaged. Everything is really um, intentional and different. Uh, and well, dude, that's what I think is so amazing. If we did, we're not going to. But if we did a part three, even I think it would be more engaging than a lot of modern soundtracks yeah that this particular piece really i thought was beautiful it's one of my favorites that we've played today i love the harmonies of it i really like the melody it almost sounds a little bit like it's reminiscing the alpha and the apothecary yeah for sure um, and then yeah da, da, kind of going up to that melody there um it's a beautiful theme but also the orchestration there's just like subtle touches with you know glockenspiel and certain woodwind doublings that uh have this kind of old-fashioned i don't know cartoon music kind of quality to it there's a real like nishiki would be perfect scoring a children's film or something like overtly for kids because it's just it's so colorful but also sincere it's the same reason why joe hisaishi or just like a yeah exactly he would be great to score an animated right because it's that mixture of like the wide-eyed idealistic emotion but also not being afraid of genuine sincere pain and sadness Mm -hmm. and beauty because children feel that too and i think i get sort of offended when you watch children's television or a children's film that's almost like it has this neutered approach to things and it's it's like insulting to children because it thinks like oh they can't handle real emotions yeah Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to move on to this track called Determination, which is really interesting because I think melodically and chord wise, this reminds me of classic video game music. Uh, I think if you if you changed this up and added a drum beat to it, this could be a battle track. Mm-hmm. I think it's very uh, rousing in a way and really could be very exciting. But this particular arrangement is stripped down, slowed down, and it's a little bit more sensitive of a presentation. And also the melody is on, I can't remember, it's either like an oboe or an English horn. But So it's, it's a very different um, presentation than you might expect. But the music just feels like classic, classic VGM here. Let's take a listen to to determination. Mm-hmm. 
You guys are listening to Determination. This is composed by Yasunori Nishiki from Octopath Traveler. Will, do you know what I mean? If you use your imagination, if this was, you know, bumped up like 10, 15 clicks and you had a drum beat, this would be a great battle theme. Totally, yeah. It has that sort of heroic uh, video gamey chord progression, but it's just it a does. really sentimental uh, presentation here in the vibrato, you know, the the Japanese oboe player is like really mm-hmm. expressive. I, I, it sounds like it's either an English horn or like an oboe d'amore, which is like another thing in the oboe family, but it could also mm-hmm. be, I mean, the notes technically are within the range of a traditional oboe and it just, it sounds a little different in that low register. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying sound. that like a lot of times, whether or not it's an oboe or an English horn, like some of these Japanese players have a level of vibrato, that you might not hear um, in a lot of other kinds of music. Yeah, well, it just doesn't sound characteristic of... uh, It's just, it's a little bit harder to identify the timbral differences when there's, like, Mm -hmm. such a different performance style to it. I think that's sometimes a little distracting. If I were to guess, I would... The range would make me assume English horn, since it's kind of low. But technically, the notes are possible for the oboe and it could just be I you don't often hear that kind of vibrato that low in the oboe but mm-hmm. if that's what's happening it could be that too so so beautiful yeah I, I really love that track you know even in uh, like I said I, in his battle themes or in a theme like this there is kind of this surprisingly similar harmonic style where if you would take one of his battle themes and take away the drums and the bass and do this type of an arrangement, it would actually fit really well. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, his his sound is just so consistent in the soundtrack. All right, guys, I am very excited to move on to this week's track of the week. Uh, this was definitely uh, the track that I felt the worst about not including <laughs> in our part one episode. It's absolutely gorgeous, and I think I even remember... Uh, having some getting some comments after that episode like oh man like I would have loved to hear this and and I totally hear you this is amazing let's take a listen to my quiet forest home
gosh, what a gift this soundtrack is to the world. Just so inspiring. Uh, just composed, performed, produced on such a high level. It is an absolute delight. This is this actually reminds me of another Yasunori. This this really reminds me of Yasunori Mitsuda. Actually, this is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Beautiful, beautiful cello solo, and a melody that exploits the instrument in it. Mm-hmm. Just a perfect syrupy register. That bit of portamento, kind of leaping up to that high note. Love it's it just so much. Really gorgeous. Love the piano part as well. Yeah. I also love it. The piece is so direct, you know, that it's, I guess you could say it's an economy of notes, but it's just, it's a simplicity of ideas. It's basically just the interaction of the melody, that cello, mm-hmm. with that vibey piano Arpeggio, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. arpeggiated, but also sparse. There's plenty of space in it, and there's sort of a, a lot of reverb, echo mm-hmm. kind of sound to it. Um, and the way that those two ideas work together, they're very contrasting elements, and one is providing all the harmonic support. And again, those piano arpeggios, they're not just basic triads. They're outlining very interesting, mysterious chords, but it's simple. Yeah. There's only like a few different chords in the whole song, and the, the melody and its sort of beautiful little contours, it, it, it paints something that adds up to more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, and this soundtrack kind of spoils you because you could consider this um, atmospheric music, <laughs> but it's just so rich and melodic and, and emotional that this this is the type of atmospheric music that I do really enjoy listening to. Well, and you know, I mean, it's like all music creates a mood or an atmosphere, you know, and it's like music can do that and still have salient musical melodic elements without just being total background you know right. something like this is very engaging to listen to and i can think could be a, a stimulating thing to listen to well now we're going to move on to a very heartwarming piece of music this is enveloped in kindness and i know that i think i heard this um in one of the interactions with alfin but it's possible that this plays with a lot of characters anytime they're sort of really like a meaningful friend or like an important character. Uh, It's a very pretty theme. Let's take a listen to Enveloped in Kindness. beautiful themes i can't believe it this is enveloped in kindness 
absolutely gorgeous. Now do you guys see why we had to do this part two episode? It'd be such a crime to not be able to talk about uh, th- this wonderful music. Yeah, there's a great sort of musical optical illusion that happens in this track that I want to talk a little bit about. And it has to do with the orchestration and the harmony. Uh, the What is so brilliant is the way this melody is introduced with the two guitars is beautiful. I was mm-hmm. remarking to Carl, it reminds me of the Super Guitar Bros. Like, just yeah. the tone of the guitar, the playing, the panning, and the mixing. It should be a perfect cover but for them. the thing that's so great is the harmonic approach is relatively simple to the chords when that melody is presented. And then right. when the strings come in, it becomes more chromatic and more rich. But the thing is, it's kind of this illusion because it makes it... It seemed like, oh, the strings are bringing that level of almost classicism or jazziness, but the guitar just as easily could have played those chords in the first half. But it's this really nice idea of introducing you something in almost like a folk context and then expanding on it. And and as the piece develops, the orchestration develops and they're kind of in lockstep with each other. It really helps the progression of the piece of music. And yeah, it's a nice little illusion because it sort of sounds like, oh, the strings are bringing those chords, but it's really just that the piece has a restrained harmonic sense until that point. It's absolutely brilliant, and this is a piece of music that really says a lot and really goes places and goes on a journey and is fitting for an important relationship with someone that you know perhaps you've known for a long time. When I think about this this track, I think when I remember hearing it, it's you know it's these talks with with these really meaningful characters, and yeah, this this is one of the most emotional pieces in the whole soundtrack. So I'm really glad we got to talk about and play this today. That is beautiful. All right. So enough of the sweet sentimental stuff. We got to rock a little bit now. It's time for Battle 3, which was one that we did not play last time. And I uh, I believe this one, um, you know, I think with, with each of the battle themes, I think they kind of ramp up the arrangement a little bit more. So let's take a listen to Battle 3. <laughs>
Now we're rocking. This is Battle 3 from Octopath Traveler. Are we really rocking or are we grooving? <laughs> we're dancing. I don't know. What we're, I think we're dancing. We're disco yeah. dancing. I really love the dancey drum beat. This is finally one where the, the drum kit gets to really kind of let loose and, and, and just express itself. I love those dance beats. You got great bass line. You know what I find interesting? Um... Because there are decisive battle themes, which I think are even a little bit more rocking, and then some of the final battle themes. So I don't so know, man. Could you get three... more rocking than cutesy orchestral <laughs> dance music? Well, what I was going to say, though, is if you listen to the tone of the guitar, he's dialing it back. There's some drive on it, but it's not as distorted as you would have in a full-blown rock or metal track. And and it's not even as distorted as we're going to hear later. So right. it's, it has some drive to it, and you can tell that it's we're getting to that rock energy, um, right. but it's oh, still Oh, was there a guitar? Orchestral. I didn't even notice. I was too distracted <laughs> by this beautiful string going... It's so cute. I love it. It's perfect for an RPG. It's just... This is Cheesy and awesome. This is like textbook... I don't know. This is something that I think, like, I don't know. I, I so love because it's not concerned at all with how corny it is. Um, and this is the kind of thing that is, like, the antidote for the kind of snarky, pretentious, like, American musician who's like, I need to be different and I'm so mm-hmm. serious. It's like, this is just unabashed fun you know it's so sincere and goofy and it's energetic I just love it it's energetic it's orchestral it's not cool at all and that's what i love about it is it's like it's not concerned with any of i don't know it's just well, it's I think- so freeing I think it's so fitting for these battles because I actually, that's what I think about battles in RPG games. I think they're ridiculous. Like I don't, it's like you're going on the story and then all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to attack you and then you're going to attack me. Like I find this type of battle like absolutely ridiculous personally. Like I just find it really cheesy and Well, and it's old school, you know, it's a throwback to kind of like tabletop games. And this music perfectly fits that because it's exciting and energetic, but there's a level of fun to it. Uh, it's not taking itself too seriously. And it is, in, it's like intentionally old school, you know? Right. The fact that it sounds like disco music, uh, the fact that it has this old connotation to it, I mean, that's like what the whole game is about. And I yeah. feel like it's indulging in that and celebrating it. It doesn't feel like For a parody sure. or an insult of a it's so kind good. of music. It's just like really having a boatloads of fun. Yeah, I think Nishiki, I just want him to do like a children's film because I mean, he's yeah. such a versatile composer and I just think like, I don't know, an imaginative, Hopefully he gets that opportunity. Yeah. An imaginative movie with all sorts of locations and characters and everything. It, he would just be perfect for something like that. Speaking of imaginative, that is a great descriptor of this next piece of music. I love this. This is among stately peaks. Thank you. 
so pretty. You guys listening to Among Stately Peaks. And this reminds me of so much music, so many different composers, very eclectic. There were moments of this that kind of reminded me of Castle in the Sky for yeah, whatever reason. Especially when the there kalimba were, dun, dun, type dun, dun, of... Dun, yeah. dun, dun, there were moments that reminded me of like Morricone, like Western music. It's sure. very eclectic and, and very well done. I don't know why for this track in particular, but I was really thinking about the approach to recording and engineering of this soundtrack, and I mm-hmm. really like it. And there's something about the fact that these elements were recorded at different times. And I was thinking back to the point you were making, Carl, about it almost sounding more faithful to the sound of the Super Nintendo. And I for think that's sure. true, because it's not like this stuff is without reverb. There's quite a lot of reverb, but mm-hmm. it's also close mic'd, and you have yes. that that uh, dry mix as part of the overall balance. That precision and attack, it, yep. It feels, it's really nice for a game or for any kind of media scoring because it feels, there's something about that closeness that feels like it's directly commenting on what's well, happening intimate. on screen. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's it's very, very intimate. intimate. And honestly, the, the way that this was recorded is also so, it's part of what makes the soundtrack feel so fresh and, and kind of unlike anything you've heard, right. but at the same time feeling comfortable and, well, and like it's, a it nice honor. And it has a quaintness, like a charm to it, where it doesn't just sound like, oh yeah, they recorded the London Symphony at Abbey Road. An amazing sound. Right. I'm not trying to like dismiss that as something bad, but it's like, we know that sound. We know the sound of a huge exactly. orchestra playing some gorgeous, flawless thing, where this sounds different. This is like... it. it it actually feels like it has the DNA of like video game music in its quirky approach to engineering the orchestra. It, you know what it is? It it has the strengths of like a small chamber yeah, uh, ensemble yeah. sound, but also there are moments when they can dial up the epicness and really kind of get whatever whatever emotion they want. So yeah, wonderful recording uh, process. All right, let's move on to Sorrow. Let's take a listen. So beautiful. You guys are listening to Sorrow, composed by Yasunori Nishiki. One thing I do have to say is, I can't remember what track it is, but it's a little bit of a ripoff of something from Nier, actually. Um, I don't know if it's Grandma or what what piece it is from Nier, but definitely when I heard this, I was like, oh, I think I've heard this before. (laughs) This particular track? 
uh, this melody, there's, yeah, yeah, there's like a couple spots in it when it really reminds me of something from Nier. Yeah, I mean, I could see that being a coincidence because this feels mm-hmm. like a derivative kind of thing. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Oh, it's a shame. I, I, I don't want to be critical of this because I actually really love it. Oh, it's um, it's so beautiful. No, I didn't I didn't mean to be critical. That was just, it was my, it was my first reaction when I heard it. Um, but it's, I mean, it is incredibly beautiful and tragic. Yeah, I mean, I think just that progression, there's like an inevitability, like it's sort of predictable. You know where every move's going and it's trying to sound classical. So I I, I do think there's sort of like a limit to, you know, what notes are you going to go to? What are the colorful tones? Absolutely. with something so simple that is derivative, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but it's just, it's, you know, it's it's hearkening back to a, a certain kind of approach. I just thought it was so artfully done though i mean it really is the 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 arrangement and the orchestration and i like how it gradually evolves it's it's classical but it's also not afraid to have sort of modern touches and it i i work as a church musician and it reminds me of um some organ music and it reminds Absolutely. me of kinds of harmonic things that you'll occasionally see well again what i find so inspiring about nishiki's work is he's sending up this uh, a bunch of different styles of music that have come before him but there are moments when he gets to that that height you know he gets to a level of beauty this is every bit as beautiful as the music that he was kind of modeling it after yeah i agree that's a really beautiful piece of music Let's move on to Orwell, not spelled like the author. It's a O-R-E-W-E-L-L, Orwell Beneath the Crags. I don't remember the context of where this is. Let's take a listen to this. guys listening to Orwell Beneath the Crags. Um, This is another piece of music that uses kind of a traditional Asiatic flute sound. I'm not sure exactly what instrument that is, Um, but some of the location themes in Octopath Traveler definitely go for this kind of like Japanese folk sound. Um, And I think because of that, some of those pieces of music are a little bit more textbook, uh, kind of remind us of of pieces we've heard before. But this one has very beautiful uh, melody and harmony. I think this is a this is a good track. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm curious what, to find kind of like the origin of what this type of thing is sending up because it feels like how many pieces of music have I heard that have right? You know, it's like it that just has to be like in the ether or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely reminds me of like 12 different things. It always makes me think of Castle in the Sky, but... Maybe that wasn't the first... That probably wasn't the first piece of music to do that. Uh, Will, do you know what that instrument is? That flute instrument? It sounds like a, maybe a whistle again. Yeah, I'm not... I, I'm not certain. I'm not an expert uh, of uh, Japanese folk instruments, but... <laughs> really? I thought uh, you were. I thought that was your third podcast. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to speak incorrect information. I could venture a guess, but I might be wrong. So. <laughs> I think it's some t- some type of whistle, but it's very pretty. And again, it's clear that that was one person that had to record the melody and then the harmony uh, as well. Very clear sound, very beautiful. All right, we're moving into some epic music now. Uh, this is one of, I believe, the final battle themes. I know it happens later on in the soundtrack. I don't think I ever heard this in the game, um, but this is quite epic. This is the one they call the witch. Here we go. <laughs> is a standout piece of music oh my god the one they call the witch composed by yasunori nishiki from octopath traveler very excited to hear to hear your thoughts on this will this is um in a lot of ways a piece of music that uh, i think you would you would have a lot to say about what what do you think of what is your reaction of this yeah i'm i think i'm a little mixed i mean i i like that uh it's epic and i like that it's going for kind of a classical thing it comes off a little cliche to me when it's just like you have I pipe know, yeah. organ and big drums and epic, and then it's like she's singing in this very yeah. When, when she started style. singing like the soloist, I I did to get that reaction as well. Something was a little bit like a little bit. I kind of laughed maybe at it for for whatever reason. Right, and it, it's not that she's singing in the classical style. There's something about her voice too. Not to be like nitpicky or something, but it. Uh, she has a lot of vibrato, which I guess is common for opera singers. But her her pitch is a little bit like washy, like yeah, for sure. Yeah, that could just, have been what it was. It doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't convey the proper connotation that I think it was trying to, which but is other like this than epic that, kind like, of biblical. What did you think about the piece of music like before she started singing when the orchestra when the choir came in? It's it's cool. Yeah, I mean, it definitely reminds me of you know like. Final Fantasy 7 or just the kind of like mm-hmm. epic confrontation thing that's evoking classical 
kind of operatic traditions. Well, it's interesting. You know, you were mentioning your job. I mean, some parts of this music remind me of church music, you know, especially having that organ. Yeah, the thing, though, is, like, church music doesn't actually sound like that. You know, it's like everybody wants the organ to sound like the Middle Ages, but, like, that's mm-hmm. not what... You know, like, I play for funerals all the time, but if I played, like, depressing sh- like that, <laughs> like, people would walk out of the church. Like, right. they want something that's, like, that twinge of melancholy that's, like, happy, sad. Something that you would find in, like, a well, hymn well, or, like, a... Well, if it's not church music, what is the music that, when people go for this, is it prelude? It's, yeah, it's harmonic moves from the Baroque era or mm-hmm. even things from the Romantic and Classical period. But, I mean, it's just, like, our yeah. culture is so different from from that. I mean, I think, it yeah, it's trying to tap into that. Um, it just, to me, it, it comes off sometimes as a little bit of a cliche because, like, I've heard that so many times um hmm. but it's not a it's not a problem with this track and i mean i feel like even you and i have evoked that like pipe organ old-fashioned right. dirgy cliche i think there's just something about hearing it with the orchestra with the pipe organ with the big mm-hmm. loud drums and the opera singers like it's just it's not subtle so the the aspect of it that feels like oh, i've heard this before it just becomes more pronounced yeah we definitely have heard it before also in the same context too for like a final battle theme uh it it does happen quite a bit in video games yeah i guess to me it just strikes me as like a well you gotta do one of these you know (laughs) um and it's like it's different if it's a pretty town theme but if it's like it's this is so specific it's like right you gotta do something with pipe organ drums and an (laughs) opera singer it's like it's like saying, I don't know, it was like that whole thing Marty made fun of at E3 years and years ago at the Sony conference. They're like a game and it's like in the kart racing genre. It's like F right. you, you mean a Mario Kart ripoff. That's not a genre, you know? And there's something about this is so specific for it to be a cliche. It's like so obvious what it's ripping off because right. it's not a broad enough genre you know well let's move on to something that maybe this is more church music i would love to get your opinion on this this is very regal and very positive sounding uh beautiful let's take a listen to jubilation this you guys are listening to jubilation composed by yasunori nishiki 
Really curious to hear your thoughts, Will. Uh, this, again, it feels very reminiscent of a lot of music that I've heard before. Yeah. But I don't know if I can put my finger on what it's... Video game music. Well, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it comes into that uh, later on. But the, the beginning of it uh, felt a lot more authentic to outside uh, genres. Yeah, I think part of it, it's that... Um the arrangement too, you know, hearing sure. brass and orchestra thing, but this kind of chromatic progression that uses diminished chords and everything, if it reminds me of anything, I mean, yeah, that kind of thing happens in classical music. It happens a lot in like gospel music and, mm-hmm. you know, spirituals and yes. that kind of uh, like early 20th century type of stuff, like pre-jazz kind of music. Um, but then this track was also going for sort of a British stately type of yeah, thing. But it just sounds like video game music to me. I mean, it's like everything, the melody, the progression. The, it sounds like, you know, this is a celebration. This sounds like a track that would be called Jubilation in a video game. <laughs> it's so well, delightful. Hey, what do you know? That's exactly the case. And then this... Beautiful. It's like that's so on the nose oh it's great i just yeah. i love video game music and you were saying like you thought maybe this would sound like church music but i mean i wish church music sounded like this uh that <laughs> it's had a this lot of fun of, yeah it's definitely jubilant all right let's move on to something that is a very different vibe the opposite of jubilation this is an ill omen here we go I'm sufficiently creeped out by this <laughs> great piece of creepy video game music. This is an ill omen composed by Nishiki. And I was really uh, moved by that particular doubling of flute and cello. And it's another strong advantage of how this soundtrack was recorded because those two instruments really jump out of the mix in a nice way. Um, yeah, just a lot of really interesting effects that this musical effects and production effects that this track has. Uh, Will, do you know what that technique is called? That kind of uh, flutter tonguing. Flutter tonguing. Flutter tonguing right. in the flutes. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Really effective and kind of a quaint sort of old-fashioned approach. Like old movies used to do that kind of stuff for creeps a lot. This reminds um, me of an old movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I like it. And that that first chord is sort of a Bernard Herman chord. It's like mm. uh, it reminds me of the opening chord to Psycho. That's that sort of minor major seventh, but in a weird inversion with what's uh, mm-hmm. the bass note. Um, yeah, 
really sort of pretty and evocative and has an old-fashioned sound but it's also very sincere like it's I like it. It's an approach to creepy music where it's not just doing avant-garde kind of technique stuff, um, but it's not doing like weird electronic production, and it's not just sort of like cliche old classical music tropes that like mm-hmm. a lot of Nintendo composers. If something's spooky, you know, it it just sounds like classical music, you know, right. and kind of chromatic, you know, that kind of thing for sure. Um, where this is somewhere in between that, where it sounds like something that would work in like a Winnie the Pooh movie. And I don't mean that as a negative, but it's like, if you actually <laughs> look at like old Disney film scores and stuff there, you would hear kind of, techniques like this flutter tonguing and you know aleatoric pizzicato strings and there's there's all kinds of like you know 20th century orchestral effects that work really yeah. well in you know fantasia or in you know a, a childlike context and that's what this reminds me of is like it's uh there's like a childlike quality to it or almost you know like a peter and the wolf kind of a thing right well the last track we're going to play and discuss today uh, other than the play out is called the Frostlands. we thought it'd be nice to wrap this episode up with another location theme and i, I really like this uh track this was one that kind of grew on me a little bit it's also very vibey and atmospheric and i believe um, it takes a little bit of time to get into the melody um, but it's definitely worth it uh, i hope you guys enjoy the Frostlands. What a beautiful and fitting way to wrap up this episode, because as I look out the window, we live in the Frostlands here in <laughs> Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, yeah, it is definitely Frostlands out there. This is so beautiful. I really love, again, th- this is my kind of atmospheric music, because there's a lot to talk about on a sound design level. You know, those mm-hmm. reverse instrument sounds, uh, very vibey and perfect for snow and winter music, but a beautiful melody. I love those that harmonized piano melody there's just a lot to to kind of digest in this track yeah it it feels like every every track in this game is like some sort of precious metal and there's yeah. just so much of it it's it's very rich with 
really salient musical content, whether it's the melodies, the harmonies, the orchestration, the arrangement. Every piece has a unique idea in something that it's bringing to the table. And, I agree. And that, that's, I think one of the things that, and I, I maybe mentioned this on the first Octopath episode, that it's like something that, that was tough for me is like, it didn't feel like it had like these clear standout tracks of like this is a number Mm -hmm. one hit this is like my favorite piece of video game music it's going on you know in my top 10 there's nothing like for me personally there's nothing like that but it's just all of such a high quality and even my favorite video game soundtracks aren't really like that like you know i love super mario galaxy but then mm-hmm. it's like there's a whole bunch of general MIDI stuff or there's battle music that's kind of You know, well, I subpar. actually totally agree with you. Is What's so amazing about the score is, you know, for me, there are the standouts like Primrose's theme and Cyrus's theme for me. But, but overall, it's like what's really impressive about the soundtrack is the level of quality across the entire thing. Almost every right. piece of music and is, the consistency. is so great. Yeah, yeah and the consistency. it's all done at a level of, of standard. Like, it, they're all, mm-hmm. if they're worth money, they're all worth a lot of money. It's not like, <laughs> there's not like a cheap track that's yeah. using MIDI instruments because they ran out of time, or there's not a track that just feels like a carbon copy of something else, or is just sort of generic. Yeah, it's such a work of art. Yeah, I just have so much respect for Yasunori Nishiki and everyone who worked on this game, and I absolutely cannot wait to see what he does next. Definitely a composer to watch. Uh, We're going to play you guys out with a very relaxing... You know, this episode was quite relaxing, most of these tracks. This is called Sunshade City of Pleasures, again from Octopath Traveler. We had a wonderful time. Uh, We want to mention that this episode comes out on uh, the 18th of February, so that means this coming Friday uh, is the release of Marty's Robo Girl 2 album, and the day after that uh, is actually going to be... um, We're going to be performing at VGMCon. We're going to be performing a song from RoboGirl 2 and then earlier uh, during the day we're going to be presenting a panel so this this coming weekend is VGM Con and it's also the release of RoboGirl 2 so very exciting weekend yeah we're we're so stoked for you guys to hear RoboGirl 2 Marty did a fantastic job and Carlos and company did a phenomenal job on the artwork it's just amazing incredible and yeah, the album's great. Uh, we hope to see a pretty good turnout at VGM Con. Yeah, we hope to see some of you guys year. there. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun time. All right. I think that does it for us. We should get out of here. Uh, Will, do you got anything else at the end? That's all for me. All right. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.